Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Boy, it's exciting times, dude. I'm about, oh, let's see. I'm into chapter seven of recording the audio to Selling from the Heart and just having a freaking blast. Man, that is going to be so fantastic. Because if you didn't, I told you, Larry, if you didn't get this audio book out by the end of the year, I was going to make you call me while I'm driving and read the book to me. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, here, so here's the deal. Um, I didn't think, now, now I have full appreciation for, you know, like people who read cue cards and actors and actresses and things <laughs> like that, because you don't know how many start stops I've had to do and things like that. But here's the funniest part of the whole thing is how many times I've laughed my ass off reading my book. <laughs> I'm glad you amused yourself. <laughs> if you're new to the Song from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. We're glad you're here. And uh, Larry, I, I got to say, I, um, I get a lot of send out cards from people in the different communities. But I got a send out card from my good friend Larry Levine this week, and uh, oh, it was oh, it my heart, special. dude. It was fantastic. You had a picture of us standing in front of the banner at the uh, Relational uh, Marketing Grand Summit, and uh, dude, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this journey with you. And what a blast! Uh, you know, um, and just what what send out cards is all about. And, you know, we talk about it every single week, um, but I really want the listeners to really start latching on to, and it was interesting because I had a conversation yesterday with somebody and we really didn't talk about send out cards, but we talked about the philosophy around, you know, are we showing appreciation? Are we showing kindness? Are we showing that we care right to our clients, to our prospects, to our friends, to our centers of influence, whoever, whoever's out there. And I go, you know what? I tell you what, the power behind a send out card is absolutely freaking amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And so, yeah, we love our friends at send out cards. If you want to give that a try, definitely go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net and uh, you can actually uh, send your first card for free. Uh, so reach out and touch someone. It's, it's fantastic. Today, Larry, though, we're going to have a great discussion. Um, we've been talking a lot uh, between each other uh, in our conversations at Selling from the Heart and also with clients about the importance of authenticity. And when we talk about authenticity, we talk about authentic relationships combined with authentic value. Being able to bring both to the table at the same time is really, really critical if we want to be successful in sales. No, and it's so you're spot on. And I threw something out on social and it was, uh, it's quite simple in my, in my opinion, it's this, and um, we, I think we can even peel this one back, but I think it all starts in the very beginning. And that's why I was, you know, even in sales, I was so hypercritical of this and I still am when I'm working with sales teams 
is we must be able to bring the goods immediately upon that very first conversation because it's simple. I always say this, if you can engage and drive in great conversations with great questions, Mm -hmm. you're going to lead to an open up and even strengthen relationships, which will lead to opportunities, which will lead to sales. Yes. But it's, it's what happens in the very beginning of this that I think is really critical. And I think that's where many in sales, whether you're young, tenured, you've been at this thing for a long time, struggle with is how do we bring value and understand what value is and how do we turn this into opportunities through great questions? Yeah, no question about that. And, you know, value hey, play on that, right? No, no question about that. <laughs> yes, questions. Lots of questions, Larry. <laughs> I, you know, when you think about uh, when you think about value, I, I always say that value is in the eye of the beholder. And uh, obviously, you know, what what I value in my world, in my business is going to be very different than what somebody else values in their world, in their business. There'll be some similarities in different industries and different uh, positions, but value, value is, is really important that we look at value through the, the eyes of the beholder. And as I was writing my book this summer, which by the way, I'm neck deep, I'm all the way through chapter 11 with my editor and getting that book. And uh, boy, I'm getting an appreciation, Larry, for how much work you did to put together selling from the heart. But as okay, I've been writing. Okay. Now, now I got to stop you right there because now I got to dangle all the things that you dangled in front of me during my journey. So, you know what they always say about payback, Daryl, but I'm going to be really kind about it. So fantastic. Can't wait. But you know, as I was always, I was always writing the book revenue growth engine, um, which is, is uh, dedicated to aligning sales and marketing. Um, the, the, value session, I, I came to this conclusion um, several years back that people don't buy products. Your customers don't buy products. What they buy is outcomes. They buy the outcomes your products and services um, can deliver. And, and the, the bottom line is, really, you might be a nice, nice person. You might be a genuine person. You might be a um, helpful person. But if the buyer does not see your ability to deliver an outcome that's meaningful to them, really, you know, it, it doesn't go beyond the handshake or the friendship or the, the connection. What we've got to be able to do is combine relationship with outcomes, with, with real, genuine value. And Larry, one of my, my concern right now is I kind of see two camps in the sales world. I see you know, the authenticity camp with the relationships and saying, I got to be, you know, I know that buyers don't trust salespeople. So I've got to be genuine. I've got to be authentic, which I agree a hundred percent with. And then I see the value camp over there that says, well, buyers don't give a rip about the salesperson. All they care about is what kind of value can you deliver to me? You know, the relationship, quit talking about relationship, it's all about business outcomes. And um, I agree with those people 100% too. But the, the reality is, and this is, I think this is so critical. If you're one of those people, and like, probably like me, that leans more to the business value side in the sales, more the logical side of sales, if you will, um, I want to challenge you. I think we need to lean closer in on relationship. And if you're somebody that, that relies heavily on relationship, um, in an authentic, genuine connection with people, 
we've got to say, you know what, do I need to lean over a little bit to the value side and, and kind of recalibrate and remember the value I can bring? Yeah, you know, you, you bring up a really fantastic point, And it's this is, you know what, that, that set aside, I, I want to, to me, relationships are important, but we got to set that aside for a second. Authenticity is important. We got to set that aside for a second. Let's just look at a sales professional out there, right? I'm, I'm going to keep age out of this yeah. is let's just look at a sales professional when they're out prospecting and they're out prospecting for new opportunities, new conversations, right? Mm-hmm. There is no relationship. To, but, but, hear, but hear me out on this. Because, yeah, sure. Fair uh, enough. I, I mean, they, they may, and when I say there's no relationship is, if, if I know you, Daryl, or the CFO or the CIO or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever my target person is at a company that I want to do business with, you mm-hmm. may not even know I even exist. Right. So if I'm out prospecting for those conversations and I'm trying to get into Daryl's world, yes, I got to bring goods and all that. I have no relationship unless I lean on a relationship of somebody who knows Daryl. See where yeah, I'm going? I, 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 I see exactly where you're going. And I kind of, I took pause when you said there's no relationship. I think it's kind of interesting when you think about prospecting, um, you either, you know, you either go in through the relationship door because there are referrals. There are people we start have friendships with at Qantas club or, or whatever at a, you know, our church or, or out in the community, there are relationships that, you know, at some point, you know, someone goes, what do you do? Right. That question. But then there's, there's prospecting where, you know, it is, there is no real relationship. You may be one degree of separation from somebody, but, you know, in, in their world, Larry Levine is just, a you know, another shark in a suit, right? So at that point, you know, if it, if you open the door with relationship, it's, you know, the question is, who do you know? If you open the door without a relationship, the question immediately has to be, what do you know that could be helpful? What outcomes could you deliver that are relevant to my specific situation? And then I think very quickly, the secondary question comes, um, is, this, is this person worth their salt, right? Are they, are they able to add value? Which, you know, we talk a lot about how buyers vet sales professionals in seconds based on what they can find online about them. But I think you're right. I think that, that if you don't have the basis of relationship to get in the door, you're going to have to capture attention by, um, by bringing to the surface very quickly the outcomes that, uh, that you can deliver. Otherwise, you know, I, it's, it's very interesting. When we were doing our revenue growth strategy workshops, I was doing one uh, last week at, with a, a great company in the Midwest. And um, we were talking about the importance of outcomes in their prospecting message and also in their, their marketing message, like leading with outcomes. Like the first thing that comes out of your mouth isn't about your company or your product. It's about the outcome you can deliver. The first thing that, that goes on social media is not about your company or your product. It's about the outcomes you can deliver. And the reason this is so important it depends what stats you look at, but uh, I mean, the average person is, is bombarded with three to 5,000 messages a day. When I say messages, I'm talking about, of course, emails. It feels like I get three to 5,000 emails. Uh, I'm talking about emails, 
advertisements, TV ads, billboards, banner ads on websites, literally three to 5,000. And so what's happened in our world is we've become finely tuned filters. We have to be, otherwise we would go insane. (laughs) So we have all this stuff coming at us, um, but we are on the lookout for things that, that are related to outcomes we want in our life. So if there's in our, our business life, if there's a particular challenge we're facing, say, um, you know, declining profit margins due to a mature industry, uh, what do I do about that? If the personal life, there's a particular challenge I'm facing, um, I'm on the lookout for things that can help me address those challenges. I'm on the lookout for those outcomes. And this is why, as sales professionals, uh, I think it's so, so critical that if we're prospecting, we're leading with outcomes. If we're sharing on social, we're leading with outcomes we can deliver that our clients value. And if we're sending an email, we're leading with outcomes. And this is, um, this is really critical because I read a fantastic article this morning that I shared, shared with you, Larry, and we've been, been talking about it all morning. Um, and I, I got to say, I'm looking forward to getting to know Mark Boundy, but uh, he wrote a fantastic article today on October 22nd on the time value of selling value. And what he said was this. He said, we all know the time value of money, right? If, you're, if you ever took a finance class, you know there's a time value of money. He said there's a time value of value. And basically what he said is, if you wait till later in the sales conversation to bring in value, it doesn't have as much value. But if we can bring value in at the very front of a sales conversation, all the way back to prospecting, then we have a much greater chance of establishing value, establishing competitive advantage, and establishing a basis on which to have some pricing power as well. No, but, but here, here's the age old thing. And, and you're bringing up some, you know, some really great points. Here's the thing that concerns me, though. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, um, I'm not going to point fingers at this one just because it's an unfortunate situation, but salespeople are a product of their environments. And what I mean by that is because of the pressure, Daryl, for numbers, 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 I, I think there's, there's no, they find it difficult to talk to somebody or have those conversations with somebody if they're not immediately in the market because of the pressure for numbers. So therefore, it, it's, we have to have that short-term immediate vision, right? What can I, what can I uncover now? But we got to learn how to, to blend it with midterm and long-term opportunities, conversations, and so forth. And it's those who consistently do those day in and day out will reap the rewards. It may not happen today, tomorrow, or next week, but it's through those consistent efforts that that happens. And the thing that's so difficult about it, and I think that's why, and you alluded to it, is so many salespeople across the board are hiding behind their products and they're hiding behind their company and they're hiding behind their solutions because that's all they've been taught. And to further kind of drive that point across is one of the salespeople that I'm coaching along, one of the assignments has been prospecting emails and prospecting scripts. That's right. Yeah. So yesterday I asked this person, can you please share with me your email prospecting script? 
it's not to needle, not to point fingers at, but it's to see what, what you're doing to see how we can expand upon it. Well, yes. I got the email, Daryl, and this person's quite successful, mm-hmm. but the email was all about, can you meet with me so I can share with you my company and why we're dot, dot, and dot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, so now I got to tweak that whole thing to start, you know, because it goes back to what you were talking about is I want people to understand the outcomes, right? Right. But just being able to feel comfortable as a salesperson asking that question. Hey, Daryl, imagine a world, imagine what your world would look like. Mm-hmm if these three things happen on a consistent basis inside your company. Bingo. You've immediately changed the conversation and you get someone on the other end going, wow, finally, somebody's (laughs) asking something that I can actually respond to. You know, over the last, uh, oh, 15 years, I've been been asked to review so many different call scripts, um, marketing materials, you name it, you know, sales and marketing, just two sides of the same coin. And it's all about the message. So I read the mess. You know, when I get asked, I almost have a stock email reply now to being asked to read because I don't, you know, you all, <laughs> I say, here's what I read when I read your prospecting script or your website or your or whatever. Here's what it said. Me, 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 you. I said, all you need to do is flip it upside down. You, 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 us. And um, this is, you know, this is the key to getting attention. I mean, I know, I know you have a wonderful product. I know your products or services have won all kinds of awards. I know your company has been in business since, you know, 1642, providing outstanding service. I know all, all of those things. By the way, your competitors say exactly the same thing. Zero, zero differentiation. It's just like white noise. Um, it's like a radio in between stations, just crackle sound. <laughs> um, but, but really all, all we've got to do is we've got to lead with the outcome. So I had this idea, Larry, this summer, it just came to me is we, for, so if, if you say, and, and I wholeheartedly 100% uh, believe that buyers buy outcomes from people they trust. So um, buyers buy outcomes and, and I realized that most salespeople have an inventory or a price list of products that they sell. But people don't buy products. So I realized that what we need as sales reps is we actually need an inventory of outcomes, like all the different things we can deliver. So now when I go to talk to somebody and drive conversation, whether that's through prospecting or whether that's a meeting or a presentation, Rather than, you know, opening up my product list, my price book, what I need to do is I need to open up my outcomes inventory and say, you know, these are are specific ways that I can help chief financial officers in, you know, mid-sized companies. Uh, These are specific problems that I can solve. And by the way, if you want to kick that up another notch have case studies that back up the outcomes you can deliver. And now we're, now we can drive relevant conversation. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, I even talk about, you know, one of the questions I always like asking because uh, very few really can articulate this one is, Hey, Daryl, you know, tell me in your words, right. I'm not here. We're not going to poke fun at it or anything like that. Can you share with me in your words, what it means to achieve equal business stature with somebody? 
And, and here's where I'm going with this. And, and, it, and it plays off of what you're just saying Yeah, is if you understand, so let's just say, you know, you're calling in the C-suite, right? Right. Don't you think in, in order to have those really great conversations that mm-hmm. could deliver those outcomes, you have to know something about the world that they live in? How you they operate. Than, you have to know more than something. You have to know a yeah, lot. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying yeah. that you have to be at expert level like they do. If you call in mid level management, know something about them, and watch what starts to happen to the conversations. That's right. And and it's it's not that hard, but it is hard. Yeah. Because it requires practice and it requires role playing and things like that that are difficult in a lot of sales teams. Mm-hmm. But I think it's 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 mission critical that, you know, here's the other thing to think about is the reason, you know, you may not have a conversation now with somebody that's going to turn into an opportunity, but right. you're going to set the stage. Yes. And I can guarantee you this, that they probably know other people that they run around with who might be able to use your services at a certain point in time. Furthermore, you can connect to them and continue to educate them. And pretty soon that opportunity that may not happen right now can rise back up to the surface in another period of time. Well, and if you think about it, you know, we all, I mean, everyone is going to say sales is a numbers game and they're, they're absolutely correct. Um, And I think as sales reps, we spend a lot of time prospecting, hunting, trying to keep, find, people who are quote unquote in the market for our products, um, which is great. But if, if you expand your vision to say, I don't sell products, I sell outcomes. Let's say 5% of the market is in the market for your products. But if you refocus and say, what percent of the market needs this particular outcome, or maybe rephrase it a different way, what percentage of the marketplace that I call on has this same business problem? you know, it might be 50%, it might be 100%. And so if you you think about it, you know, there might only be 5% of your target market actively looking for the products you sell. Um, The rest of it has the problem, they just don't know how to solve it. They don't know that your particular products, for example, might be able to solve it. So we go out, you know, as salespeople saying, you know, let's make some calls, let's talk about our products, let's send some emails out about our products. But out there are buyers who are tuning out the product message because they're so focused on trying to solve business problems. Let's face it. We only have so many, so much energy. We only have so many hours in every day. Um, as Lee Sauls likes to say, our good friend Lee says, um, you know, buyers are not paid to meet with salespeople eight hours a day, every day, you know, executives are not paid to do that. They're actually paid to solve business problems so the company can achieve their objective. So once again, this all points back to as sales reps um, that want to be true sales professionals, yes, know your product, but really know the problems that your clients uh, are, that your clients are experiencing, understand their business, be able to make that bridge between your company and the outcomes they desire. And you've now just opened up a whole new world of possibilities. And Larry, I say, let's set the, you know, let's set the 30 day window aside. That's always going to be there in sales. Um, But imagine how much more you can get into your pipeline if you're selling outcomes instead of products. Imagine how many more conversations you can get, you know, that I know we all want to look at that, that column on the far right hand side of our pipeline, right? That's where the sales manager wants to look. That's fantastic. We all have quotas to hit, 
But if you want to drive a truly successful career, you need to be looking at the column on the far left-hand side of your pipeline, which is conversations you're driving. The way to drive conversation, outcomes. And back to Mark Boundy's point on the time value of selling value, the earlier in the sales process you establish value, um, which you do when you talk about outcomes, the more competitive advantage you have in the rest of the sales, the sales pipeline as that yeah. moves through. No, I agree. And I, I was just, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, so here we are, you know, we're what, 45 days. I don't know what, whatever the, the amount of time is till the holidays really start kicking in might even be, yeah, it's not long. It's, it's not long. And I'm sitting there going, you know, how, how could salespeople work on, on this? And I just got into thinking as I was listening to you, I said, can you imagine if sales managers, VP of sales, salespeople, team leaders, they started taking a look at their current clients. And this is a great time to go face to face with them. Mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you work in a, in, a, in a territory that covers multiple states, right? Maybe you do this over a Zoom call or something like that. Mm -hmm. imagine, imagine this, Daryl, if salespeople started to, to go to their top clients, right? Thank them for doing business and say, hey, you know, I'm just curious, what are two or three issues, right? What do you have to remove off your plate what are your goals for I mean, next year? Yeah. Well, not, well, not only that, but what are a couple of the things that you're really working on right now that you got to remove and, and clear off your plate? What are, what are uh, two great goals you hadn't nailed yet this year? Right. Because then if you build up a bank of those, that's just say you've built, you, you visit 10, right? 10 or 20 and you get two or three. Now you got 40 to 60. Right. And challenges that your current customers are dealing with before the end of the year. Yeah. Now, oh, that's brilliant. Imagine that and imagine what that would be like if then if you started to build those into conversations, because I can almost assure people out there that the issues and challenges that your current customers are facing that they have to clear off their plate for the end of the year are probably going to mirror. Yes. What else is out there? And then we can ask them a follow up question to be, OK, as you look into the first quarter of 2020. Yes. Can you share with me a couple things that you need to solve in Q1? I absolutely love, that's a brilliant idea for Q4 because if you think about it, I think about my own life. I mean, I have, I think like all of us, we all set some goals. I'm a, just a ridiculous goal setter. And I set some goals at the beginning of the year to get some things accomplished. And quite frankly, there are some, some projects I haven't accomplished yet. So I, you know, right now in Q4, I am focused on getting those projects done, getting the book edited, getting, you know, I've got several, several different business issues I'm trying to nail before the end of the year. So, you know, I think as sales reps, sometimes like we have, of course, as salespeople, we are, we are so good at making the middle excuses, right? Well, it's fourth quarter, they're busy closing out the year. Nobody wants to meet with me. <laughs> right. You can, it's Monday, it's Friday, it's Tuesday. You can make that, that excuse. But why don't we reframe it and say, it's the fourth quarter of the year. All of my prospects and clients have things that they want to accomplish before the end of the year. Can I help you get those done? Yeah. And, and, and here, and here's what, here's what many struggle with risk wrapping their minds around this is they go, well, what happens if mm -hmm. I can't help them solve any of those issues. I said, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you agree that you might know somebody in your circle or in your right. network that you can help them solve that particular issue? 
Now, if you can do that and bridge the introduction, imagine what it does to the relationship and where it elevates you. And that you the relationship. But now, now you start building that authentic, genuine relationship that we were, that we were speaking about in the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it just goes back to, we got to take a step back and it's not about us. It's about them. Right. And I think that's the, that's the real, real takeaway from our conversation today is, um, you know, I want to go back to the beginning. If, if you're a salesperson that leans heavily on relationship and good for you, by the way, I think that's critical. And you know, we talk about that all the time, but if you're that person, I want to challenge you to really look to the look, look to your side and go, okay, what are the yes relationship? Yes. Authentic relationship. But what are some, what's the authentic value I can deliver? And you could go back and listen to previous podcasts where we talk about reading books, reading articles from the industry, talking to your current clients and asking them how um, your products and services have helped them achieve outcomes, asking them, what their business goals are. It's not super complicated. It just takes, it takes time. It really just takes awareness, a mindset. So if you're, if you're that relational person, good for you, but don't forget value. And then I'll say to, to someone that's more like me, if you're, if you sell from your head a little bit more than you do from your heart, remember that you may have the best value proposition in the world. You may be able to make the best business case for being able to help uh, your clients achieve outcomes, but if they don't know, like, and trust you, there's always going to be a hesitation to say yes. So if you're on the value side of the camp, you need to also look, lean a little bit more into the middle and go, what can I do to be more relational? What can I do to develop more genuine uh, relationships? And I think when we combine authentic relationship with authentic value, with outcomes that are meaningful to our clients and prospects, then we've got a winning proposition. Yeah. It, and, it, it, I, and it goes back to why I wrote selling from the heart the way I did mm-hmm. is all of this is all great, right? We've been driving some great conversation between you and I, but it all, you know, it all starts inside of us. And if we're not willing to change, if we're not able to take a look at who we are and, and I'll just use the word transform who we are. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of this becomes difficult. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, sales is a, you know, it's a grind, right? It is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's a full contact sport without playing, you know, professional sports. Right. But we got to bring the best versions of ourselves to the table. Cause you know, you talk about authentic value and authentic relationships. And I look at it as everyone wants to be liked, right? You got to take it beyond that. I mean, you know, you could be the, the most liked person out there, but if you bring no goods, you're just an empty suit, right? That's right. No, that's good. Well, what a great conversation. Um, and I just want to, I want to challenge everybody out there to really sit down. You know, one of the great exercises following up on this is as you're doing some self-reflection might be able to, might be to pull out that blank legal pad or journal and just write at the top outcomes I can deliver and start listing out, you know, what are the business outcomes you can deliver to your prospects and then start thinking about how can I bring those into my conversations? So what a great conversation, Larry, uh, for everyone out there, man, I just want to say how much we appreciate 
um, hearing from, from people in the Selling from the Heart audience um, around the world. It, it is so inspiring to hear uh, what's going on out there and how you're making a difference in the world. And as we end, I wanna just encourage you, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, make a list of the outcomes you can deliver. And most of all, sell from the heart.